Welcome to the Rise Podcast. Rise above your fears, rise above your challenges, rise above the unexpected. You have come here today to listen to leaders and everyday people from around the world talk on health, love, life, spirituality, business, and the planet. By listening to stories of others transcending their challenges, it expands your knowing to see and hear that you have the capacity to access the same resources and internal energy so you can rise into a state that will serve your abundance, flow and harmony. I am your host, Amy Redans. Together, let's find a new way to get things done. Together, let's find a new way to be. Together, let's rise. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rise podcast. I am super excited today to welcome Michelle Scott Wilson. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and be sharing a beautiful message with all of your amazing people. Yeah, we are going to be chatting about your journey in life. And I guess I was excited to bring you on this show because, um, no, I've known you for a number of years now and I've watched your journey and I've heard so much of your journey over the years and have noticed how much you've triumphed over. Yeah, I guess the last, what has it been? Your life? <laughs> yeah, well, I think we've known each other, for, I don't know, maybe like seven years now, maybe? Yeah, I feel like more. So I asked you before we entered this call, do you know what your numerological life path number is and you're like no so we just did a quick calculation and it came to karmic debt 16 which condenses down to the number seven and karmic debt 16 is all around relationship and which makes a lot of sense as to why my relationships never work so intimate relationships that is all my other relationships are great yeah yeah (laughs) Let's delve into relationships and the journey of relationships and what, I guess, hasn't gone to plan for you. Well, I guess, you know, over the the last 10 years, I've been diving deep into the personal development world. And that's, you know, what I, what I do now is I'm a mindset coach and an empowerment mentor for women. And through all of the things that I've learned through my process in life, it's you know, allowed me to then share those experiences and, and support people through similar experiences or tell them what to watch out for, (laughs) what not to do. You know, with relationships, I feel like they are actually our biggest teacher. I mean, there's lots of different types of relationships, but if we're talking specifically about intimate relationships, I started in my first, I guess, long-term relationship in my early 20s. I was with this guy for seven years and we ended up getting engaged and I just knew in my soul that it wasn't the right thing and I needed to leave that relationship and I remember my mother saying to me she because we were very very close my mother actually passed away 12 about 12 years ago now I think it was 12 13 years and she said to me I was talking to her about this relationship and how I was feeling about it and she said the longer that you leave it the harder that it's going to get to leave So the longer that you stay, like leave it as in not breaking up with him, the harder that it's going to be to break up with him. And she was so right because, you know, then he proposed and then, and then it was like two years later and he's like, are we going to planning the wedding or at least setting a date? And I was like, "Eh." so I just knew that it wasn't right. And so I ended up 
leaving that relationship. And it was, you know, a really challenging thing to do because on one hand, I knew that I was going to break his heart. On the other hand, I knew that in the long run, it wouldn't be right anyway. And there was probably going to be more heartbreak if I didn't leave. So I didn't know where I was going to go. I just packed the car. I put all my stuff in. I had, you know, the dogs in there and all my things. And and I left and I actually drove to my father's house and I broke in because I didn't, I knew my dad was away and I didn't want him to be like, I told you so, because he never really, never really embraced this, this relationship that I had. And so I broke in and, and, you know, and then he found out and long story short, I took the courage to make that move, even though I didn't know what was on the other side. And I think that's really important when we're either in a relationship that we know is not right, or if we're in any situation in our life that we know is not in alignment with where we want to be and where we want to go. And we just can feel it in our soul that it's not right. The scariest thing and the hardest thing to do is sometimes the best thing to do or always the best thing to do. And it's just taking the courage to just jump off that cliff and free fall and, and just hope that you have wings and you can, you know, pick yourself up on the other side. Three months later, I went through so much stuff. I ended up like having to fight my dad. I was like homeless for three days and <laughs> I didn't know where it was going to go. I mean, I was sleeping with my, at my girlfriend's house while her partner was away. I was like trying to buy a house because my apartment at the time was rented out. And I didn't have anywhere to go. And it was just all like chaos. And after three months, I decided to go over to Melbourne and and I went to meet a girlfriend over there. When I was there on that trip, I met my next partner who ended up becoming my husband, who I've also now <laughs> broken up with, <laughs> story of my life. And that was, you know, a really challenging experience for me because it was probably like the the deepest love that I've felt, but also like the the growth that we both went through, through that period that we were together. It was about four years. It was like a lifetime together. It was hard. Yeah. Hard to explain process of separation through that because even when we were separating, I remember going through the house and we we like had a post-it note each. His were blue and mine were pink. And we were holding hands and we go through the house and we're like, you know, what do you want? What do you want? We're putting post-it notes on everything, you know? And so it was a very amicable separation, even though it didn't make sense at the time. Everyone was really surprised that we separated, including both of us, I guess. Felt a bit sort of blindsided by the whole thing. And a lot happened in the background that I didn't, really talk to anyone about and and I didn't want to you know put up on social media I just thought that I just needed to process this behind the scenes because you know we lived a somewhat public life especially in our industry and I wanted to be respectful of you know other people involved even though in hindsight maybe I shouldn't have been but I, I thought that you know I want to take the high road and, and I want to move and process through this gracefully and I don't want to look like like the bitter person. And, and I think that the more emotional intelligence that we can have through the most challenging times of our life, the better it prepares us and better it prepares us for being a better human. So yeah, that was a very, very challenging part of my life and probably the hardest relationship process that I've been through. And then, yeah, since then I've got some other hilarious stories about oh, health. <laughs> For example, 
Oh my gosh, one of them. This is funny. I'm like, how did I manifest this? Like I, I was with this guy for about six months and the whole six months was, it was like so fun, but then he would do these things and I'm like, what? You. Like, what is wrong with people? And, and it was laughable, some of the things that would happen. And the last straw was, so if anyone knows me, any of my close friends that have known me, that have grown up with me, know that I am the last person on earth to do any type of drugs. Like, I, I'm not that way inclined. I'll have a wine, a champagne, like I love a cocktail and all that, but drugs is just, it's not my thing. It doesn't interest me. I'm not in any way inclined to be someone that would do that. And we had broken up about seven, I think it was about seven weeks after we broke up. My financial advisor had passed away. He had a motorbike accident. My, my dad's partner had been diagnosed with cancer and something else had happened. I can't remember. I think it might've just been like the whole breakup thing. There was three things. And I was just like, Ugh, life right now. I'm going to take myself to the Versace and I'm going to just spend a couple of days there just relaxing and getting in touch with myself. I spent the first night there. I hadn't even had breakfast in bed. And I get a call from my girlfriend who was staying at my house looking after my dogs. And she was absolutely frantic. She's on the phone. She's like, there's seven police officers here and they've got three dogs and they've just broken into, into the house. And, and she was like, Totally beside herself. My house was getting raided for drugs. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is, I found it funny because it was just so not on my map. It was so not something that I felt like I was in a movie. I'm like, how did I attract this into my life? And obviously I didn't have anything in the house. So I wasn't worried about anything. And I was more pissed off that I was going to miss my breakfast in bed because I then had to get out of bed. And I said to her, don't let them go through the house until I get there. And so I got home and I was only like half an hour down the road. And I've got down here, I'm, I'm in um, my basement now and I've converted it into this like, it's like a party room, cinema room, I've got chandeliers and everything. And I've got this massive safe. It's like a, one of those big old school safes that you would see in like a James Bond movie with the big like turning handle thing. And I walk down the stairs with them because they're like, you know, show us around the house. And I walk down the stairs and they look over and they see this big safe. And they were like, open the safe for us, please. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to be so embarrassing. And I'm like opening the safe and they're all standing around me, all these police officers with all their, you know, like their guns and their like hooky things on their belts. And they're all like official. And I open the door and there's literally like, candles, incense, all of the things like napkins that I set up when I set this room up <laughs> down here. And they're expecting, you know, like a bag of Coke or something and, and guns or and cash and yeah. stuff. And I'm just like this super hippie that's got all the all these candles and incense and, you know, like angel cards in there. And then they go through some of my drawers and stuff. And, and I'm like OCD. Everything is organized. Every, all my shelves are all labeled with, you know, all the printout labels and so that, you know, when my cleaner or my nanny comes, they know where to put everything because I hate it when things are out of order. And they're looking through my drawers and they're seeing how organized and tidy everything is. And they were just like, anything. yeah, they're just like, 
okay, we're not going to find anything here. I said to them, you would be lucky to find Panadol in this house. Like I just, I don't, I don't know why you're here. If you did your homework properly, if you must have been spying on me to, you know, go to the extent of breaking into my house, you probably would have seen that like there's not much to watch. So that was probably my funniest relationship story, like big <laughs> blow up ending. I was like, yeah, that was probably not the best person to be with. <laughs> Love but it was funny yeah, it was funny. So what about what about your last partner? What has what had happened there? I have a beautiful seven-month-old baby now. And it's very fresh and very quite, I don't know, like raw, the, the process that I've been through. And I've only just last week for the first time shown my baby's face online and I wrote a post about it. And I have hidden his face away for all of these months for a few reasons. And, you know, this is actually, besides that post that I did last, last week, this is the first time that I have talked about it. So excuse me if I fumble through some things and work out as I talk through it what is appropriate to share and what is not because I'm protective of my son and what in the future he might hear, read, listen to. I don't know at what stage of his life he's going to come to me and be asking questions um, and it depends on what age he's at, it, what's appropriate to share and how what's appropriate to share. So, um, and then also, you know, with my online community, I try to be as transparent as I can because I know that when I share these types of things, people resonate with it. And when I shared that post last week, I got so many beautiful messages behind the scenes and also comments on that post of women sharing their experience and how even just reading mine has supported them um, to go through theirs and to have, you know, the courage to show up and, and you know, and to know that someone else is going through something and how I've deal, dealt with things. My last partner and I, we separated before I found out I was pregnant. And then I found out I was pregnant and we had opposing decisions, I guess, on what we wanted our future to entail. I knew from day one, I wanted this baby. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know if I was going to have to do it alone at the time. And I didn't know what his involvement would be or wouldn't be. And so we went through a process through my pregnancy of very minimal contact, trying to figure out what we were going to do. And at the end of the day, I think it's safe to say now that he's not going to be in Alexander's life for the moment that may change in the future I don't know and I just believe that what how things have played out is for Alexander's best interests like I just always have his best interests at heart and tried to put my emotions and thoughts and things to, to the side of you know what I want what would be best for me and you know I try to put that to the side so that I can just have what's what's best for him so every point of contact that we've had, I've always been like, hey, is that what's in Alexander's best interest? And try to navigate that as best I could. So that's been really challenging, a really interesting process, a really, I guess, fast growth process for me in life. And it's also, now that I'm a new mom, 
it's it's really shown me what my my values are and how you know like being a mom you just you, you put your child first and you're just so protective of them and from the moment that I hit on that stick and I found out that I was pregnant I was you know I was dedicated to him and his well-being so but what was so, your react- when you first found out you were pregnant what was your reaction what was your first reaction <laughs> my first reaction am I allowed to swear on this yeah. podcast <laughs> I said, you're fucking shitting me. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm pregnant. Oh my God, I'm pregnant. I've never been pregnant in my whole life. I was just like in shock. And I just sat there on the toilet for like five minutes where I could figure out what to do. And then I went into my bedroom and I called my girlfriend and I've got two really, really close girlfriends here. I actually live on my street and I had said to them, we go out to lunch every uh, breakfast every Friday. And I'd said to them the week before, uh, I was like, my period's like day or too late or something. And I'm always in like clockwork, like on the day. And I thought, oh, maybe it's just because I've been stressed out. You know, we've just gone through this breakup process or whatever. And then it was like four days late. I'm like, oh. okay, I've got some pregnancy tests upstairs because we'd planned to have um, my partner and I plan to have a child but a year later, like next year, this year. Anyway, so I thought I've got these pregnancy tests upstairs. I'll just go on, you know, try one. I needed to go to the toilet and I was like, oh, you know, I've actually, I don't think I've ever done one before. And so I was like, oh my gosh, maybe I'll just do another one. <laughs> Make sure it's right. I went, went over to my girlfriend's house. Yeah, I called her up. I called her and I said, oh yeah, you know how my period was late? She's like, oh my God, you're pregnant. I was like, yeah, I'm pregnant like oh my god come over so I went over to her house and I was like I'm gonna try again I'm gonna like try another test to make sure and it was like the lines were like so dark blue she's like you're so pregnant there is no way that you're not pregnant and then yeah everything kind of unfolded from there and and it was yeah a really interesting roller coaster of emotions and staying true to my what my intuition was telling me in each moment to do um, in terms of you know communication and, and with my ex and yeah it was just a really interesting interesting process to go through. I'm interrupting this episode to share with you an exciting new tool for those who are wanting to move from a state of fear, anxiety or overwhelm and into a state of flow. The tool is the divinely guided online program called my fear to flow 30 day challenge. If you feel you're in a place of stagnancy, low self-worth, or you have feelings of fear around what is the next step for you to take in life or business, or have a general fear around making the right decision, then this 30 day challenge is perfect for you. I have created it so most of the daily challenges don't require much time and effort so that your resistance to change and shifting your beliefs is quite low. It is a juicy filled challenge that is currently only priced at $1 a day. You can join by following the link in my show notes or visiting my website, amyredunds.com. And now back to the episode. So what, what goes through your mind, you know, during these phases in your life, like you've gone through, you know, losing your mum, you've gone through um, a divorce, you've gone through a partner not staying with you when you've 
fallen pregnant and you've gone through a pregnancy all by yourself. Like Mm -hmm. I imagined like, you know, eight-year-old Michelle wouldn't have envisaged that this would have been the path for her life. So when Mm -hmm. it has, you've hit these points in your life, what happens in your mind to, Mm -hmm. you know, pick yourself up and keep going? Yeah. Well, you know, we all derive our beliefs from our young, young, you know, eight-year-old Michelle or eight-year-old Amy, actually two, three years old, we make our decisions and beliefs around that age. And for me, in terms of relationships, my, it's funny actually you say eight years old because my parents broke up when I was eight years old. And from that experience in my life, I've always wanted to have a picture-perfect relationship. I was like, I don't want to go through what my parents went through. I saw how upset my mum was and, you know, and and the process that they each had to go through. And I thought, I don't want that. I I want to have a committed relationship, long-term relationship. You know, when I met my ex-husband, I was like, awesome, life's on track. I'm like 30 years old. He proposed to me on my 30th birthday. And then I'm like, awesome, we'll have kids when I'm in my, you know, early to mid thirties, I'm like, everything's going well. And then it doesn't. And, you know, life doesn't always go to plan, often doesn't go to plan. And so in answer to your question, I always just think that whatever happens in my life, it's for my highest good. And I need to learn certain lessons. And maybe you've, you know, shone the light on that today with my karmic journey in terms of relationships, the debt that I have to pay off maybe in this life around that the learnings that I need to to discover within myself around intimate relationships uh, is through all of these challenges that I have and so every situation that I go through that's challenging the passing of my mom or the you know the loss of my the, the breakdown of my my relationship my marriage or going through this pregnancy by myself uh, which has been yeah really crazy, really hard at times to deal with, and then the birth, and you know how new everything is when you're a, a first-time parent and not knowing what to do in certain circumstances and not having support through times when friends can't be there. Like it's a really scary process to go through, and I always believe that all of those things are happening for me and not through me, and there's a reason for me to have to go through those. And as long as I remember that there's no permanence in any situation and I don't set up camp in those moments of depression or fear or anxiety, that I know that I can move through them and everything is happening for a reason that I may not know of at the time. But later on, I'm like, oh, that's why that happened. And of course it had to happen like that because now this is happening and you know, and there's actually so many blessings that I've already had in my life through being a solo mom that I just, you know, I'm just blessed with this beautiful little boy and he just holds me to my highest and my best every single day. I'm like, I have to show up as the best mother, the best leader. I have to really pull finger in my business now. You know, I've got him to look after as well as myself. It's not just me that you know, that we're counting on. So I just feel like to pick myself up is to know that this is all happening for me and that everything's going to be fine because it's always fine. Everything's fine in the end. And if it's not fine, then it's not the end. So what advice have you got for other single mothers that are really feeling like they're struggling at the moment? Mm. So I did a post a 
about two or so weeks ago and I pre-framed that a lot of parents, you know, might hate me for this, <laughs> but I'm going to share my, my thoughts anyway. And the post was more so about, you know, the life that you want to lead is totally available to you and we need to stop making excuses for not having that life. And being a parent is one of those things. And I'm not negating that it's really a hard process. Like it's the most challenging thing that I think any of us will face in our life um, is looking after another little human being. And especially if, you know, God forbid your child's got health issues or they're just a really hard, you know, child to deal with or they they never sleep or they don't eat properly. Or like there's all these different things that are, that are part of, the parenting experience and if you let those be your circumstances that are bigger than you and the reasons why you haven't got what you want in your life or you can't progress then you're always going to stay stagnant in the place that you are like has there been solo moms that have come from nothing and have built amazing businesses and gone on to be wildly successful yes of course there has has there been people in a beautiful partnership that have got heaps of support and look like they've got a beautiful family life who have not achieved the things that they wanted to. Yes, of course they have. Like there's always a reason why we haven't achieved the things that we want to achieve. And we can either let it be an excuse or we can overcome it and we can move through it. And so I get it. I know that it's challenging. And for other solo mums who are out there and you know, comments on that post, some of them that I got were, oh, yeah, it's easy for you. Like, I love this. People are always like, oh, it's easy for you. You've got this. It's easy for you. You've got that. That also is an excuse because there's been solo mums that haven't had whatever they're saying on there that I have. I haven't had the support that a lot of other people have had because all my family is also in New Zealand. So, you know, I don't have them to just come over and stay with me and take the baby or whatever. Like I've had to figure it all out by myself and, you know, get friends here and there to help me out and employ uh, a nanny to help me out so I can get some reprieve sometimes. So everyone has a different story. There's never been a mother and a child that's exactly the same. Every single dynamic is different. And so your situation is different and unique to you. And so my advice to other solo mothers out there who are finding it challenging, just know that your circumstances are so much smaller than what you are and stop making your circumstances bigger than what you are. Because anything, I believe anything is possible for us and we have to have that belief that anything is possible for things to actually show up in our lives and for us to be able to take action. Like I'm recording things at, at night when he goes to sleep. I'm recording, you know, trainings and things. I'm doing work in the small pockets that I have when he's sleeping. And sometimes I'm like so exhausted that I need to have a little rest or I'd like, I definitely don't get through the same amount of things that I thought that I would or that I used to, obviously when, I, when it was just me. But you make do with what you have. And you get support where you where you can. And I think that's the most important thing is to have a really good support group um, and people that you can talk to. And, you know, I believe wholeheartedly in the coaching industry. And, you know, obviously that's why I'm in it. You're in it. We're just ingrained in this stuff. And if you have someone, a coach that's keeping you accountable with the things that you want to achieve, like it gets to sometimes, yeah, like the day before when I've got my call with my coach, I'm like, 
oh, what was my homework? Shoot, I better do that. And, you know, like keeps you accountable for that. So even when I have a training for a program that I have to deliver, it doesn't matter if I'm so tired. I've got people relying on me to deliver that training. And I just try, like I get in the zone. I forget about the fact that I'm really tired and I just deliver that program the best that I can. And I trust that that what comes through in that moment is what is meant to be said and heard. Agreed. So that was a very long-winded roundabout answer to your question. No, I loved it. I loved it. And yeah, you know, I feel like for me as well, yeah, with what you're saying, it's like what you focus on is, you know, is what grows. And so if you're focusing on the excuses and what's wrong, then then they grow. They do feel bigger than you. But if it's like you're focusing on, okay, where can I find and create more time? Where can I create, you know, more opportunities to nurture myself? All of that, if you're focusing mm. on all, all of that and you're giving gratitude to all of that, that's what grows and becomes yeah. more in your life as well. Exactly. Um, You've just got to be in that inquiry of what you want to attract. And then that will lead you to the next step of having the conversations that you need to have. Like last week, for example, I was like, I'm at home way too much with Alexander. I need to either take him to daycare once or twice a week, or I need to find more friends that have babies so that he can have that interaction. So it literally just having that thought and then the next step is taking action on it. I messaged one of my friends. I'm like, I'm going batshit crazy being at home with a seven-month-old baby <laughs> for the amount of time that I am because there's only so many goo-goo-ga-ga conversations that you can have and so many little books that you can read and little toys that you can like bang together and play with at that age. They're not massively interactive. They can't talk yet. They can't, you know, I mean, yeah, you can play with them a little bit, but I'm like, I can't fill the hours in between his sleep. And so my girlfriend started like sending me options and, you know, what about oh, this person, you know, like she's got an 11 month old baby and this person, um, they babysit their, um, their daughter's children, like their, their grandchildren once a week. And, and all of a sudden I have all these options and last weekend, like my weekend was full with visiting people and interacting with all these other children. And, you know, you've got to be in the inquiry of what you want. And then you've got to ask for it. You've got to start having the conversations. Mm -hmm. And as you said, like what you put out to the universe is what you get back. Just this morning, I went to my chiropractic uh, appointment. Another thing that I have, I've got a broken um vertebrae in my back and a smashed tailbone from an accident that I had long, long ago, a long time ago. So another challenge that I have, I can't really hold my son for a long period of time. I, I have to go to the chiropractor and get remedial massage once a week, every week. You know, I don't let that be something that is a massive problem. I just, I deal with it. Anyway, I went to the chiropractor this morning and this is something that I was in reflection thinking, I need to change this pattern in my life. He asked me when I left, he goes, you know, what have you got planned for the day? And I was like, oh, you know, I've got Alexandra will go to sleep at about 1230. I've just got a bit of work to do. And then my nanny arrives and, you know, then I've just got a bit more work to do. And when really I'm like, I should have got way more excited. I should have been like, I have got an awesome day planned out. I've got this amazing podcast that I'm doing with a girlfriend of mine. She's got this awesome podcast with these people that she, you know, shares this beautiful message with. And then 
um, you know, I've, I'm submitting another contract on another property that I'm buying. Um, I'm looking at buying a new Bentley, which I'm really excited about. So I'm trying to work out like I'm negotiating with the dealer and, you know, like I've got all these amazing things that are happening in my life. I've got my cocktail hour tonight that I do every Thursday night at 5 p.m. Queensland time. And I talk about a topic and I have a drink and, you know, I do that on, on my Facebook live. And, you know, I've got all these awesome things and I didn't share that. I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm just, you know, Alexander's going to have a sleep and then my nanny will come over. I'll just do some work. Instead, if I had have been excited about what I was doing today, he would have then mirrored that back to me. He probably would have got more curious about it. And then maybe he would have mentioned it to someone else. And then, you know, my community might grow because of it. Or, you know, you've really got to be aware of the way that you show up because what you put out is what comes back to you. Totally agree. And also an amazing reminder for me. And yeah. I feel like for mums as well, you know, like you can feel so exhausted after like, mm -hmm. you know, sleepless nights and, you know, mums that have businesses, like, mm -hmm. you know, this week I have had so many nights where I've worked up till midnight and then have children waking up at like 5 a.m. and being like, oh my God, that was not enough sleep. Yeah, I hear so, you. Yeah, it's like, and then you've got to try and be vibrant and energetic for your clients as well. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it is, it is a tough thing to do, but yeah, having the awareness and being mindful of your energy that you are bringing is so important. So, so exactly. agree. It is. Yeah. yeah. And we can't also be too hard on ourselves. Like there are times where I'm like, I'm just too tired. I just need to let my body rest. I'm not going to keep pushing myself because the outcome that I'm going to get from doing that is not what I want to get. And if I just chill out a little bit, have a bit of rest, then do the thing, mm -hmm. then I'll get a better result, you know? So it's a balance between yeah. the two. So what happened earlier this year? I saw on social media or in hospital. Was this too much pushing or? Oh. <laughs> no, I got an abscess. You can get an abscess like anywhere on you from an, an abrasion or, you know, it's just like or a infected um, um, hair follicle or anything. So I got an abscess and I didn't know what it was. I thought that it was a infected um, gland and so I thought, I'll just leave it. It'll go away. And it didn't. And also being solo mum, I've got no one to pass the ball to with my baby. So I resisted going and getting help or going to the doctor or anything. And then it just got more and more painful. And it was literally like debilitating, like the worst pain that I've felt, it feels like in my whole life. But, you know, pain fades in our memory. Uh, but I'd just gone through, you know, childbirth, albeit I had a cesarean, but the re recovery from having that massive open wound is is pretty hectic when you're looking after a little baby. And so, yeah, the pain just got too much. And I called my girlfriend. I was literally lying on the floor in my room. And I said, I think I need to go to A&E and that uh, accident and emergency. And I said, I don't know what I'm going to do with Alexander. I don't know what's going to happen when I go there. I don't know what even is wrong with me. And so like all those fears came up and, and stopped me from taking action to look after myself earlier than I probably should have. 
Anyway, so we went to hospital. She said, I'll look after him. She always, you know, looks after him for short periods of time. But I was like, it was in the morning. And what's funny was in my head was it was a Sunday morning. It was about 11 a.m., I think, 10, 11 a.m. when I called her. And the reason why I pushed the button on taking action to do something was because the following day, Monday morning, I had coaching calls. I had calls that had previously been delayed that we'd rescheduled. And I was like, I don't want to reschedule them again. And I had a whole week's worth of important appointments and things that I wanted to do. And this, and I couldn't do it in the state that I was in. I was like, I need to remedy this now. So anyway, I went into hospital. They said, yeah, you need surgery now, um, today. And I was like, well, um, I didn't mention this, but I've got a six-month-old baby. Oh, he must have been five, five or six months old at the time. Baby at home. I'm a solo mom, so what am I going to do with him? Like, this is with my girlfriend right now. And they said, oh, well, you know, maybe you can bring him in if you need to stay overnight or... Um, and yeah, so I went into surgery. That's really scary. <laughs> they put me to sleep and then, you know, I woke up and everything was better again. No pain. Wow. Yeah. But I was like, I've got to be out of here. My girlfriend's picking me up at 8.30 in the morning. I've got to be on a call by, <laughs> by 10 o'clock. The nurses are like, what the hell is wrong with you? I recover. I was like, I'm fine. Get this thing out of my arm. I'm going. <laughs> Wow. But yeah, the things that you don't even think about when, like, when you've got a baby and you're a single mom, right? Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah, exactly. Like there's, yeah. If something happened to me, I don't know. Like there's, that's what's scary. What would happen to him? Mm -hmm. There's no one to look after him. He's so young and dependent on me. Everything. But, you know, things happen. Like what happened to me having to go to hospital and you just figure it out. Yeah. No people step up, friends come and help, and you you do. You just figure it out every step of the way. And I think that's what's really important with any challenge that we go through in life is to not be so afraid about whatever we have to go through, not be so afraid of change because we will figure it out every step of the way. Like think about anything that's happened to you in your life and you know anyone listening, think about anything that's happened, any challenge you've been through. Every step of the way, You've just figured it out as you go. Like we're all still here, right? And you just, you do. So for those women that figuring things out and want to be able to work with you, what do you currently offer? So, well, it depends on what they need. Everyone's different. I generally work with women who are wanting to create an amazing life of abundance and to attract and manifest whatever it is that they want in their life. As I said earlier, I believe that anything is possible for anyone if you have that mindset. And so I work with people to empower them to lead themselves. I'm not the type of coach that's going to mother you. I sadly haven't ever had to do this before, but I had to break up with a client this uh, this month and it was for both of our highest and best and you know and I think that if the people that I work with they need to be self-led I'm here to be your cheerleader and be in your corner but if you're too dependent on me for every you know every step of the way then that's really not the type of woman that that I work with um so if you're in business, if you want to start a business, if you want to start a personal brand, a luxury brand, 
Yeah, I was about well, to say yeah. you're so good with luxury brands. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I mean, I've been in the fashion industry for 10 years before I did my work now and 10 years in the coaching industry. So I've got an eye for detail around, around branding, around the way that you know people need to show up. Like every industry is very competitive. So you need to be the best in your industry. You you need to like have really great graphics and, and really beautiful branding and um, and so I, I love doing that kind of stuff with my clients. So yeah, if you're if you're a woman who is like self-led and self-empowered and you just want a cheerleader in your corner and someone to help you to navigate the path of business and of life and to to just be there to cheer you on and and know that anything is possible. And I always like to say I've worked with my clients through tears of transformation and tears of celebration. So you know the challenging times. I'm there to pick you up and be like, come on, we can, you know, you can do this and be realistic about it as well. Working out what are the action steps to get through those challenging times. And then also the celebrations when we hit targets, when, you know, people do something that's really amazing. Like I love when my clients succeed. So it depends what each person needs along their journey. I do lots of different online programs and you can see those on my, probably my personal Facebook page. My private Facebook page is the best place to find me. Although I do have Instagram, I do have a, a fan page as well. And I promote all of my programs on there. I've got one called Empower at the moment. It's about self-led woman, empowering women to go from like where we are right now to ach achieving even more and how we become that person and that version of ourselves that we see in the future. Uh, and then really drawing that into today and closing the delta between where we are and where we want to be. And it's not about, it's more about the energetics of that. It's about the self-awareness, the emotional intelligence that we need to cultivate to be that version of ourselves, to have then all of the things that we want to have in our life uh, in terms of relationship which is one thing that I'm always working on um, or things like, you know, material things. I think that is a part of the human experience and a very interesting topic to talk about because a lot of people have weird stigma around money, their relationship to money or their relationship to big ticket items or having the car or the house or, you know, whatever it is that they want. Yeah. Let's talk about that because it's yes. interesting. I find it's really interesting. Yeah. So even one of my clients I'm taking through at the moment. So, so she's a life path eight. So mm -hmm. numerologically eight is all around abundance. It's all around material things. So she in this life is meant to experience material things. And it's mm -hmm. interesting because she keeps saying she's on a wealth journey at the moment. She's just joined a wealth club and she keeps saying, I'm here to experience wealth, but not, not because I want all the materialistic things. And so I'm like, well, oh, is, there we go. This is, this is the journey you are meant to yeah. take. You're meant to actually yeah. experience it. So why do you feel there is a fear in people not wanting to experience the, the materialistic things in life? I don't know. I guess it's because people have a certain perception around what those material things make them mean as a person in terms of their identity. And... In New Zealand and a little bit here in Australia, there is the tall poppy syndrome, right? And so people that is, you know, you don't want to shine too much. You don't want to stand out too much. You don't want to share all of the things that you have because then people come and knock you down. And 
I just would love to abolish that. Like, I, I think that it's crazy that people have this mentality around that person's got that and I don't. So I want to knock them down because I feel like I can't get it or because they have it means if they have more means that other people have lack. There is an abundance of things for everyone. And if you just understand the world of energetics and how you can attract and manifest anything that you want, you will then soon learn that it doesn't matter how much someone else has, it never takes away from what you can have in your life. It's kind of like when, when people like they turn the tap on and when they're brushing their teeth and they and then they leave it running and you come along, you're like, oh, you know, think about all of the people over in Africa that like that, that don't have any water and they're dying of, um, was it dehydration? Do you think that by you turning that tap off is going to give them water? Of course not. You know, so just by taking away something from yourself doesn't mean that it's going to give it to someone else. That taking away from someone else doesn't mean that, you know, like you understand what I'm saying. Mm, it yeah. doesn't mean that there's like lack for someone else and or or if, if someone have, has abundance, doesn't mean that it's lack for you. Yeah. So... I live in this world where I just shut out all of the people or more so I don't really tend to attract too many people or they don't show up and say the way that they're feeling or what they're thinking. They're probably there in the background thinking the things that they are thinking about me when I talk about certain things that I have in my life in terms of materialistic things. But I know also that there is a, a percentage of people that get inspired and, and empowered by me sharing my wins, even when I also share my challenging situations. You know, no one wants to listen to someone that always talks about their challenges and how they, you know, navigated them. They also want, it's the hero's journey. They also want to know, okay, how did you get through that? And then how did, and then like, what happened? What, what happened after that? Like, did you get to this amazing point where you got all of these things or you got the relationship, you know, like imagine all of the people that have been following my journey. And then one day Prince Charming just comes along on his, you know, white horse and I have this amazing relationship and, you know, like, yeah, that could happen. It's a possibility, yeah. And then everyone would be like, that's awesome. I've seen your journey through all of the challenging relationships that you've had. It's like the hero's journey. So I know that if I share the things, the wins that I have um, and the materialistic things that I can acquire because of the work that I do in the world and the things that I attract, I know that there's a percentage of people that will be inspired by that and that will spur them into action to do the things that they want to do in their life and to show up every day and do what makes their heart sing and then to go out and buy the things that they want to have that they can enjoy in this human experience. And those are my people. So I'm not here to work with everyone. I'm here to work with a certain amount of people, of specifically at the moment, women, who love that stuff and who are inspired by that stuff and who, when I can talk about the fact that I'm looking at buying a new house this week and a Bentley this week, that they can be like, oh my God, that's amazing. How are you doing that? What are you doing? Like, And they get excited for me and they get curious. Those are the types of people that go from where they are right now to where they want to be because 
they have that inquiry inside of them. They're not sitting back being like, oh, it's easy for her because she did this and she's got that. And, you know, it's a very different energy. Yeah, one of it, one of them is a draw and the other one is like, it's expansive. Yeah, I love your post because I love beauty and aesthetics and I know that that's what you exude. So that's <laughs> what I love in your, in your content. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> So thank you so much for everything that you've shared today. Um, I will post in all of it in the show notes, everything and every way to be able to contact you. Thank you. I'd love for you to share just as a little takeaway, what is your number one tip for rising above challenges in life? Number one tip would be in the moment when you're going through it, to know that this is not permanent and to not set up camp in that place and to know that something else is coming that's better and it's brighter for you. I actually have this thing on my phone, on my screensaver. It says, remember that sometimes not getting what you want is a wonderful stroke of luck. And I put that on my phone when I broke up with my last ex and I found out that I was pregnant and I knew that I was about to go through the wildest, craziest ride of emotions and all the things. And I just knew that if I stayed true to that belief, that I would be okay and I could get through anything. Beautiful. I got goosebumps. <laughs> Same. Beautiful. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks for Thank sharing. Thank you your so much. I really appreciate you having me on here. And, yeah. And I hope that in some way this is inspired or, you know, allowed someone to have that moment of clarity or that ability to move through a challenge if they're going through something right now. And, um, and yeah, if anyone wants to reach out to me, I'm always on Messenger. Please send me a message and I'm happy to connect and welcome come into my, my Facebook world. I'd love to see you all. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. You're